0: BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See betmgm.com for terms. Twenty one plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler. Promotional offer not available in Washington D.C. No air, boys. Weary. I'm so sorry. And corn pop was a bad dude.
1: <laughs> <is> short.
2: <laughs> the conservative connection
0: come
2: on man hello everybody and welcome back to the conservative connection i have a very special guest today future dr will brewster nice to have you here nice to be here
1: yeah, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. We've known each other uh, a long time. Yeah, um,
2: definitely yeah. Uh, pumped to finally be end the podcast here. Yeah, so. and, and you get to test out the new equipment. We just yeah. got our <laughs> new mics here, um, and. Yeah, we're we're here to have a fun time. We're it's going to be interesting, especially considering your background. Because you know, I why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? Because so obviously you're studying in the medical field. You're studying emergency medicine. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. So I'm I'm graduating medical school next month. Uh, I'll be doing my residency in emergency medicine. So yeah. be working in the ER, um, which I'm really excited about. And I, you know, I always love um, I've always loved science uh, ever since I was a kid. I majored in biology in college. Uh, Science is always my favorite subject growing up. Um, But, you know, also, I've been a Christian my whole life as well. Um, I always found that you know, what I learned in Sunday school didn't always match up with some of the topics that were taught in, in science class growing up. So I guess I was very interested in, in creation and evolution from a very young age. Yeah. Um, I think I started studying this when I was in eighth grade. Uh, that was finally when I wanted to go on that, I guess, like personal journey of, Yeah. you know, kind of just figuring out what is true. Because it, it, it does seem like the two worldviews are in like conflict with each other in terms of like their
2: origins um it would appear to at, at the beginning but really quick before we go any deeper why don't you shout out your socials so people can follow you on instagram <laughs> twitter okay <laughs> um, yeah
1: instagram uh, i think it's just will dot brewster very creative i know um and then twitter is uh will brewster 316 i've a few different Twitter handles
2: throughout. Let's let's talk about like your past experiences growing up, sure. with like creation and evolution. Some of the things you said, you noticed some of the things that like we were being taught in class didn't really measure up with like what we were learning in Sunday school. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, just in terms of, yeah. And so you le- in church, you learn that we always taught that, we're taught that the Bible is true, right? And it's literally accurate um, from the beginning to the end. Um, and that includes, you know, that God created the earth in 6 days just like he said he did. And it appears if you just read the Bible that the earth is probably very young and that evolution doesn't really seem to be taught in the Bible, right? Then you and I was, you know, going to science class and I was in middle school and learning that, you know, we're the earth evolved over, well first of all there was a big bang, you know, 20 billion years ago and that, you know, the earth evolved 4.6 billion years ago and it rained on the rocks for millions of years and and you know, then there was a primordial soup, and we evolved from that soup, and we we share a common ancestor with every living thing on the earth today. And it doesn't take a genius to realize like the two opinions are definitely in conflict with each other. I mean, I don't know how you really can reconcile the two. So I, I at, a, at a young age, when I was... I think I was like 12 or 13 years old, just was very curious. I would... I remember I would come home from school, um, like in middle school, I would come home from school, I would go to practice, and then I would you know, do my homework. And then I would spend uh, probably a good hour every night just looking at like YouTube videos, watching debates, watching, just watch debates between like creationists and evolutionists. Um, I was just very interested in the topic. Just, And and it's also like, it was very fascinating how we are only taught like one worldview in public schools. Yeah. And And we're they're legally required to do that. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I I think there's a lot of I think it's state to state. There's a lot of different like laws. That that
2: might be the case.
1: Um. The the issue they always try to paint it as like a you know a science versus religion argument, right? Yeah. When in reality it's just a religion versus religion argument. You know we believe in the beginning God and and evolutionists will believe you know in the beginning you know nothing turned into something and that something exploded. You know I I mean what requires more faith? Well. The the fact of the matter is that both worldviews require faith, and both are religious
2: worldviews. Um, so, so I want to know yeah. for like young Will, like what's the yeah. first time somebody told you, like maybe as a kid about like evolution? Because I remember mine very clearly because I had an interaction with my dad. It was quite humorous.
1: Um, I'm not really sure. You know, I started I started going to public school when I was in third grade, so it was probably then. Um, and then just having a lot of talks with my parents about it too. I, I've always just been so curious about it because I've always loved yeah. science, you yeah. know, i I love the study of science, but there's a lot of things mixed in in science class that aren't yeah. really part of science. well, I I, rem- you know? I remember so,
2: like like when I was a kid, I remember opening up a discovery science book, and i I used to read those things like crazy. I had, like they had the cool pictures of the lava formations and all this other stuff. And then all of a sudden, I'm reading about the monkeys, and it says, believe it or not, you're a member of the ape family. I'm like, what? And I was like, dad, dad, it says I'm like a monkey or something. And I'm like, what? What does yeah. that mean? Yeah. Yeah. That was my first experience. But yeah, yeah. I, re- I remember that very clear. I was very confused. And then my dad had to kind of explain like the theories of evolution. And I, 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 again, they treat it like it's a fact. It, it is a theory. Right. It's a it's, theory of evolution. It's, it's not, not even a fact. Really. It's not a proven science.
1: That's a generous term for it, really. I mean, it's just a, <laughs> it's just a hypothesis. It's just a it's what the, it's the alternative to the unthinkable for a lot of people, and that is believing that there is a God, and He, you know, if there is a God, then that 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 leads to a whole different set of questions that people need to answer, you know, yeah. for their own lives, and so people choose to believe the unproved and unprovable because the alternative is almost unthinkable to them, you know? Yeah. And that is that God does exist, and He created us for yeah. the purpose, you know?
2: Yeah, and, and again, so. one of the reasons we're going over this topic, too, is because uh, like there will be many Christians who are actually critical of this, and they will say that um, this is not really something that has to be a something you study or take seriously, that if you just have enough faith, that you'll be fine, but, but the truth is I've I've known multiple people who they're not ready for this, they don't have the answers to this, and they grow up in the church, and then they're confronted with the theory of evolution, and they're dumbstruck because they don't know how to defend their faith, they don't understand the history of apologetics, and we've watched people walk away, I'm sure you have, I, I definitely have watched people walk away from the church because they were confused about this whole subject, so I think it is important. It doesn't define your faith, it doesn't like, it's not going to make you go to heaven or hell, but but it's something that you should have in your arsenal of, of like things that you are aware of, at least. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I, I agree. It's not, you know, Jesus doesn't say, you know, believe in creation and don't believe in evolution, then you go to heaven. You know, obviously that's not. Yeah. But it, it is interesting. You know, Jesus does say, I, John chapter 5, he says, um, if you had believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote of me. Mm-hmm. But if you don't believe what Moses wrote, how will you believe what I'm what I'm saying? So yeah. it's almost as if Jesus is saying like, he, it's almost as if he knew that people would come along and like profess to be Christians and yet think that the first book of the Bible is just a bunch of metaphors. You know, yeah, it's like people can pick and choose what they want to believe, and but there's no need to do that because the evidence does support creation. The evidence supports the all the the stories in Genesis from from the flood to yeah. Moses parting the Red Sea to Sodom and Gomorrah to um to a literal six day creation in a young earth like this, scientific evidence does support that. And
2: yeah, and and there are people who go back and forth uh, in the creation sphere as well of like a young earth or an old earth. That that's also a constant debate. Yeah. Um but um one one thing that you pointed out that's interesting is as the the idea of a global flood and not a lot of people know this but in every single civilization that has been parted by land and sea and large distances on on the other corners of the earth and on separate hemispheres even Every single civilization almost has a story of a global flood mm-hmm. destroying the earth, and yeah. it, it's basically the Noah's Ark story, but so, some of things are adjusted. I know that uh, in the time of Hammurabi's Code, we have the Epic of Gilgamesh, and that's another flood story. There's, there, there's certain different uh, differences, but every story is the world being wiped out by a global flood and a certain group of survivors uh, surviving the flood. Exactly, yeah, yeah which is fascinating.
1: there's over three hundred different flood legends of relatively this you know the same story, like yeah, the there was a flood that destroyed everything and one family survived in a boat. I, you know, why are there three hundred different legends of the same story? I think it's because it actually happened, yeah, and if you just look at geology too, the fact that we have like, layers like that people want to say there's a geologic column that proves the earth is old no it doesn't it proves there was a flood yeah you can get multiple layers of rock and add some water and shake it up and you're going to get and they're going to sort into layers just like we have today yeah Um, we have trees in the vertical direction running through those rock layers people want to say those rock layers are millions of years old well, why do we have trees running through multiple layers? You think a tree just like survived for millions of years as these rock layers formed around it? Like well, yeah. I think it's because yeah. there was
2: a flood. <laughs> and, and then and then that, that goes back into issues like carbon dating that I noticed as a kid. And I noticed it was like a circular reasoning that we had with the carbon dating as a kid. It was like, uh, you see this uh this fossil, it's a like three million-year-old fossil. I'm like, wow, how do you know that? Well, you see the rock, it's a three million-year-old rock. Well, how, how do you know that it's a three million-year-old rock? Well, you see that fossil. It's yeah. a three million year old fossil. Well, the in, the interesting thing about
1: that is that so Charles Lyell created the geologic column and assigned um, this was in the 1800s. And this is before we had carbon dating or yeah. uranium like 238, lead yeah, more 209. All those all those radiometric dating techniques didn't even exist back then. Yeah. So so Charles Lyell created the geologic column and he just assigned these ages to these rock layers out yeah. of the clear blue sky. Like he literally just made up. He hated the Bible. He wanted to. Pre, he wanted to show people that the Bible was wrong. And he lied. Like he just made these numbers up, and people took it as like absolute truth. Um, but yeah, like you, you mentioned, carbon dating. I mean, carbon dating is not. It's when they created carbon dating. They created at the University of Chicago, I think, in the late '40s, early '50s. Our home. Um, yeah. Um. <laughs> they, so they made they made two assumptions. They the the thing with carbon dating is that when when the sun when the sun's um radiation hits the atmosphere it converts nitrogen into C14 yeah. and the C14 will then decay back into nitrogen okay so it's a it's a rate of formation and a rate of decay of C14 right and it has to be at equilibrium for carbon dating to work so when they created carbon dating in the air they said you know it it would take about Thirty thousand years for the Earth to reach equilibrium. Okay. So they assumed that that had already happened because they said we know the Earth is millions of years old or billions of years old, so that we can ignore the equilibrium problem. Hmm. So <laughs> that was the that was their mistake. The yeah. Earth is still not it's still not at equilibrium. It's still forming faster than it's decaying. C fourteen.
3: Hmm.
1: That just proves the Earth is young. It's still not at equilibrium. That's I mean, in, that's it, interesting.
2: I've never had somebody point that out before.
1: Yeah. So people want to say, oh, carbon dating proves the Proves that things are old. Like actually, if you just look at the principle of carbon dating, it proves that the Earth is young. We're still not at equilibrium. Also, by the so, way, the, the
2: whole idea of a global flood would also explain why there's there's fossils of land creatures and sea creatures pulled up on and mountaintops and certain yeah. high elevations. People don't really have an answer for that.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, I found a uh, I found a fossilized seashell. In uh, in the Grand Teton Mountains in Wyoming, really, in 2014, we were there. Um, yeah, it was at one of the peaks. We were like, I think 11, 12,000 feet in the air. You know, a yeah. thousand miles from the nearest beach. Yeah, fossilized seashell up yeah. there, man. Like, what, what is? Like, <laughs> and they, they come up with all these like theories. Oh, once it was underwater. Well, the, the nearest yeah. ocean is a thousand miles away. What, I mean, I, I, how much? I, yeah. Long, what do we? What what depth do we have to go to to like believe that? You know, like the flood did not
2: happen. You know, they, it, it, <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty funny too. Cause like, um, I, I, the, the funny one that stuck out to me was that they said that uh, coelacants, which were these uh, ocean creatures with sharp teeth that they had gone extinct uh, for a long time. And then all of a sudden uh, in these South African colonies, they start pulling them up out of the water. And there's actually photos of them in the 1920s and thirties with right. these huge coelacants in their, in their hands. Right. And I'm like, oh, that's hilarious.
1: Well, their, their, their explanation Will be um, yeah. again. It's it's. Oh, we can't believe it survived for millions of years. They'll never. It'll never I, I, I don't understand the what like. the
2: explanation is. The explanation yeah. is you're wrong. <laughs> you know? Yes. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, it, it's hard. You know, I've done a lot. Of, I've done quite a few debates. I've done two public debates on this. Both in uh, one in or both in college. Yeah. How old were you um, for those? I was twenty twenty one. So one of them was with. Yeah, one of them was with the theistic evolutionist. We did it at a church. Yeah. Um, With a, I don't know how many people were there, but it was a cool crowd and yeah. uh, it was a fun time for sure, so.
2: <laughs> yeah, and then what, what was your, how old were you on your second debate?
1: Uh, I think it was like right before that. I was like 20. Oh, nice. Like yeah, yeah.
2: My, my, first, uh, my first public debate was the immigration debate um, on campus in 23. Uh, when I was 23, it drew, drew quite a big crowd because mm-hmm. it was, kind of a controversial subject and it was the first public debate we'd done on the campus in like i think it was like 50 years yeah you were not very uh, popular well at clc yeah. i mean define popular <laughs> it's like it's like yeah. that jack sparrow quote he's like oh yeah you're the worst person i've ever heard of he's like but you have heard of me yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah but um you know it's interesting you said you used to watch these public debates um like was there any specific one that stuck out to you i know there was for me there were certain names. yeah
1: i mean i've seen like richard dawkins christopher hitchens uh just creationists like um you know like ken ham i remember like ken hoven back in
2: the day i, I don't um, know what it is about like richard I, dawkins but he always it always seems like he just drunk sour milk or something he's he always looks so <laughs> he doesn't like, like he, uh, he, he looks like that walter the puppet guy from like <laughs> jeff dunham he always looks like he's in yeah. such a sour mood yeah I don't know why that is.
1: He does not like creationists. Um, yeah, no, that's an understatement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and and he he's very, yeah, he calls them he calls creationists stupid. and this I'm like, even realize that most of the founders of modern science were were creationists i mean isaac isaac yeah. newton said the thumb alone could convince me of god's existence yeah. most of the founders of science were were bible believing christians yeah. who had no problem at all reconcile or who had no problem at all believing in both having faith and believing in science the problem is they weren't they weren't like they weren't evolutionists they didn't yeah they knew that evolution
3: yeah
2: was not Part of science, you know. Yeah, yeah. We have so, um, people like Johannes Kepler, and then we have uh, Isaac Newton, and we have uh, a, a many different scientists. I believe Galileo as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Although so, so many people will try to say, well, like look at the church and the way they reacted to Galileo and everything else, which is <laughs> kind of funny because the the we'll go into this later, but the telescope and the microscope were really two big inventions that really lent a lot of evidence towards the creationary side. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. yeah, most of the founders of modern the science were of the,
1: Christians. The inventor of the MRI was a, was a, is a creationist. Yeah, uh, I I think the idea that like. It's the media paints this picture that you have to be like stupid and ignorant or both, you know, to yeah. believe to believe in creation and reject evolution. Well, I know a bunch of physicians who are creationists. A lot of people in my medical school class are, yeah, are literal six day creationists and don't believe in evolution. I mean, it's yeah. The problem is, like, the media will just like make fun of people like yeah that
2: and, and i remember hearing one story of um this young person who went to class and uh he asked his teacher he's like do you actually believe in evolution she's like no but the state requires me to teach it so <laughs> <laughs> yeah that really sh- I, I don't know if i can comment on yeah. I, I don't i have no idea we don't really, know, really know the it. legality like you said yeah. it could vary from state to state but that was his personal experience yeah but yep. yeah it's it, it's definitely fascinating but i uh, I do I do respect Christopher Hitchens a lot because he is an atheist but he has a good uh, he has a good sense of humor he's very witty but he also acknowledges what you acknowledge is that um, Creation, the the study of religion was really the first uh, like times that we as uh, human civilization we studied cosmology and the world around us and we were trying to understand everything around us and we were trying to figure things out. We studied literature and we studied the stars and we studied all these things because we wanted to find out more about the the relationships between the world around us. And I even heard one atheist one time say, "I believe that the greatest." Evidence that I have of God is that I have a mind that can understand the world around me, right? You know, you can yeah. understand the 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 concept of Kepler's laws of planetary motion, and you can understand the, um, the second law of thermodynamics, mm-hmm. and you can understand these comprehensive uh, subjects. Yeah, and it it really just blows my mind just that we can understand these vast complicated ideas yeah
1: yeah yeah i you know if 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 we evolved by chance over millions of years how can we even trust our own thought process yeah so that's, just that's just a an, result an, that's of, another one it was just a result of random mutation and random change yeah. and just like no one's in charge i mean how can how can you trust anything you think or say you yeah. know
2: so yeah, one, of, one of my if any of you guys have the opportunity, one of my favorite uh, of apologetics uh, professors when it comes to regards to this was actually his name is Dr. William Lane Craig. And I'm going to be quoting him in the second half of this podcast later um, and, and five arguments that he had. Uh, for things that science can't explain and five arguments that he had for why he believes that a creationary model is a good model and actually has evidence to back it up. Yeah. And yeah. I'm also going to be quoting uh, evolutionists uh, from a book uh, by Frank Tipler and John Barrow later. Sweet. Yeah. But... Yeah, definitely, definitely a lot. So, so when did you first start? Like, so you said your first uh, debate was at twenty. When did you first start like really pushing back against kind of the system? Yeah, I think like it, the thing, the thing about evolution is you,
1: you learn it. You know, you learn it in high school, right? You learn it. I majored in biology. It's I learned always, it in grade school. <laughs> yeah, that too. And there, there. So there's six different definitions of the word evolution. Yeah. Okay. All they ever give is evidence of one, microevolution, and somehow that proves the first five definitions. So I'll give, you, I'll give you some examples here. So cosmic evolution is what you have first, right? Yeah. That's the origin of time, space, and matter, you know, through the Big Bang, right? Um, well, look at the law of conservation of angular momentum. You know That, 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 that says that if a spinning object breaks apart in a frictionless environment, yeah. the pieces that break off will continue to spin in the same direction. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's been proven wrong by the laws of physics. Um, chemical evolution is next, right? You have to have the origin of of higher elements from hydrogen. So supposedly the Big Bang produced hydrogen and some helium, right? Well, how did all the other elements get here? Yeah. You know, they, they expect me to believe that uranium evolved from hydrogen, you know, through fusion, right? Well, you can't fuse past iron very well. I mean, there's a lot yeah, of holes yeah. in that. So that is Fantasy, in my opinion, as well. Mm-hmm. You have stellar evolution, the origin of the stars. You know, when no one's ever seen a star form. You know, yeah. I—that's I, not. It's We've seen believe, stars die, Right, I mean, blow up black all the time, holes. supernovas, novas. Yeah. Organic evolution is another one, and and this they will talk about a lot. Yeah. And, and they they mentioned the um, this is the origin of life. They mentioned the Miller-Urey experiment. Yeah. I, I remember that coming up all the time in, in classes and stuff. Um, the problem with the Miller-Urey experiment is that they excluded oxygen from the experiment because really because Why, well so here's the thing it, it would it oxidize it would oxidize their product every time it would right. destroy their product their their product would get oxidized just like if you just leave something out and it gets exposed it's it exposed to oxygen it's gonna right right yeah. so they left out oxygen and they say there was a reducing atmosphere you know back then but the problem is without oxygen so uv radiation Destroys ammonia, which is one of the gases required for life, yep. according to that experiment. Well, oxygen makes up the ozone, which blocks out UV radiation. Yeah. So you, so basically, life can't evolve with oxygen, and life can't evolve without oxygen. Yeah. Because if you have oxygen, it'll oxidize your product. If you don't have oxygen, then UV radiation will destroy ammonia, and you don't have life. So so where, so where does so, that leave so us? So that leaves us with this, like life can not evolve with oxygen and life can't evolve without oxygen. Oh, I have a solution. Life didn't evolve. evolve <laughs> it was exactly. created. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, but then oh, so then you have macroevolution right, which is yeah. which is changing from one kind to, to another, another species. Kind, right? and, and if and,
2: you if you guys want to kick out of this, go look back at what they think is the origin evolution from what the whale evolved from.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then there's so the microevolution is the last one. That's what it's variation within the kind, right? That's that happens. Like we have hundreds of different varieties of dogs, all these different kinds of birds. You know, we have a lot of variation with every kind of animal, you know, and that's all they're ever going to give. Like it, they just give evidence of, of speciation, you know, quote unquote speciation amongst dogs and say, that's evidence that we all have a common ancestor. That's it's, it's still a dog. Like you make right. it a big dog, little dog, a Brown dog, black dog, whatever kind of dog. Yeah. It's going to be a dog every time.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, it doesn't turn into so, a cat. <laughs>
1: right. Well, the the thing is is they they use examples of microevolution and they somehow that's proof for all the first five definitions. So again, like in school I just remember thinking like, well, all we're learning about is this all I see is evidence of microevolution. Darwin studied Different kinds of finches by their beak size. Yeah, right. It's still a finch. Yeah, they're all still fi- they're all they're whatever fourteen different kinds of finches. They're all still finches. And we see <laughs> this too. You
2: can have variations yeah. of kinds, but it doesn't change yeah. the kind.
1: Well, there's also a, there's also kind of a play on words too. You know, they use the term yeah. species. Yeah, the dog, the wolf, and the coyote are all considered different species, but they can all interbreed. Yeah, they could. Yeah, so they're all still. The Bible says they'll come. They'll bring forth after their own kind. Yeah. So it's it's a it's a play on words like the dog, the wolf, and the Cody—they probably all do have a common ancestor. It's the same kind of animal, you know. Yeah. But there are limits to change. There are yeah. limits to variation, and that's where I think there's a a huge shortcoming in the theory of evolution is that th- they they accept that that change is unlimited. When in yeah. reality, there are limits to change. You, yeah, you could breed. You could breed pigs, try to get the biggest pig. You'll never get a a pig as big as this room we're in right now. No. (laughs) You'll never get a a horse to run faster than the speed of light. You'll never get... Like roaches may become resistant to pesticides. They're not going to become resistant to...
2: sledgehammer you know (laughs) there's what what do you think think of that what do you think of that uh that that argument though because somebody will bring that up as an argument like pesticide though what what do you say to people who you know roaches are obviously adopting pesticides it's the
1: same thing in the medical field with you know bacteria becoming resistant to antibiotics that's they use that as an example of evolution it's it's yeah it's microevolution but yeah but the the thing is is that it's still a bacteria yeah. it's still a roach yeah no change in kind was observed yeah if you want to believe that happened long ago and far away you know that's fine that's your belief but that's not really scientific right. science means knowledge what we know what we can demonstrate and understand you know that, that's no 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 macro evolution there's no examples of that ever being demonstrated or ever being proven yeah um I remember we we talked about like missing links before. Yeah. You know? Uh, Lucy. uh, Right. Remember Lucy?
2: Lucy? For all of you guys who are in public school, you probably learned about Lucy. Um, You know, when we were little kids, we were learning about things like Nebraska Man and Cro-Magnon Man. But Nebraska Man, they had all these theories about it, and it turned out to just be an extinct pig's tooth. And granted, I think that was proven wrong a long time ago. I think the textbooks were just extremely out of date. Mm-hmm. Do they still teach primordial soup even? I don't even know. Yeah, I mean, they, we, we don't there's even
1: more know, like no. sophisticated like terms for, you know, for right, that. Just, but just like, change the term. But yeah. yeah, it's like it's it's this idea that if you get all the necessary elements, chemicals, whatever necessary for life, that somehow that proves it happened. Well, I mean, I could put a frog in a blender and blend it up <laughs> and all, all the chemicals necessary to make a frog are going to be in that blender. Okay, well let's just let it sit there. You know, have yeah. it be struck by lightning a few times. Have it be like whatever. Like you're it's never, never going to be recreated. You're never yeah. going to get a life form again. Yeah. It's yeah. dead. Yeah. So yeah, man. I I, th- I think there's a huge leap of faith that takes place when you say that life came from non-living material. That matter created itself. You know, I I, I would say that takes even more faith than believing that God God made everything. Like just like yeah. so you said, it did. Because the thing is, is Logic will tell us that if you're walking through the woods and you see a watch on the ground, your automatic built in assumption is that there was a watchmaker. Yeah. You don't even need to, th- you don't, you don't, never need to know his name, how, how long ago it was. You don't need to know anything else yeah. about the situation, but you know there was a watchmaker. Mm-hmm. And it, we know from the laws of, of science that like matter cannot be created or destroyed, but we have to violate that law. Yeah. for their their point of view. There's also and the then, second
2: law of thermodynamics. So yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So I just think like it takes more faith to actually believe in, in evolution than doesn't creation. Yeah, but both are both are inherently religious uh, points of view. Yeah. What um, what would, what would you say to
2: an atheist who says, "Well, it's not a religious point of view. It's just uh,
1: you just have to you just have to just ask them questions and yeah. you get down to the fact that they really don't know." anything about the origin of life or the origin of the universe. Like yeah. it is a belief.
2: It's a belief that you have to have faith in. And and that's and what so I've that's, never, yeah, I've never understood that. Like, cause they, they, they won't call themselves atheists, but they'll say they can't know. Well, not knowing is an atheist. You don't disprove the existence of God. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It,
1: that's the thing. It's like, you know, in the beginning, in the beginning, God, first in the beginning, nothing that create, that turned into something that exploded. You know, yeah. what What requires more faith? Uh, I personally think it requires more faith to believe <laughs> yeah. in the Big Bang. But,
2: um, yeah. I, so. See, I personally believe in the Big Bang. I just know who banged it. Yeah. Okay. There's <laughs> you know. You know. that
1: verse to say, like, the, the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, you know. Yeah. Is it Greek for, like, Big Bang or something? I guess yeah. it, just, it hasn't well,
2: happened I mean, yet. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, because the universe is ever expanding, right? And it's expanding at an accelerating rate, which means that if you were to wind the clock back, eventually everything comes back to one point. And this is universally accepted by all planetary laws of motion as well, Um, which means that the universe had to have a beginning. But anyway, uh, we are gonna have a quick commercial break, almost lost track of the time there. We will be right back, stay tuned. All right, and we're back. Uh, will, you, you wanted to finish your point really quick.
1: I, uh, yeah, I was talking about cosmic evolution. I got off in a bunch of tangents there. I, I forgot to f- explain why the law of conservation of angular momentum actually does prove the Big Bang Theory wrong. So okay. essentially, you know, it, if a spinning dot breaks apart, all the pieces that break off will continue to spin in the same direction, right? Yeah. Talked about that. Well, the, the, the funny thing about the universe is that we have... So in our solar system, we have two planets... That spin backwards from the other planets. We have eight out of 91 known moons that spin backwards than other than other moons. So our whole our whole galaxy spins backwards from other galaxies. So if this if all of these if if the the moons the planets the galaxies everything came from the same spinning ball of dirt or matter whatever 20 billion years ago, well they should be spinning in the same direction just by just in, based on the law of conservation of angular momentum, which is a which is a law of physics um i i think that is a serious detriment to that to the big bang theory and i've never really gotten a good explanation as to why that is so 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 you're saying um,
2: that like so why exactly does that disprove? You think that if something were to like bang and explode in a, in a violent way, it couldn't shift the uh, planetary momentum of a few planets? Well,
1: that's the thing. If, 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 every, if all of these pieces of pieces of matter that eventually form like moons and planets, it's their own words, right? Moons and planets right, right, and right. galaxies and stuff. If everything came from the same exact spitting ball of dirt or matter, then in a, in a frictionless environment, okay. it, should, it should continue to spin in the same direction.
2: So, in a frictionless environment. Right.
1: Outer okay. space. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I just think uh, there's, there's a lot of explaining they have to do to like, how, do, how, does that, how do we have things spinning in opposite directions nowadays when everything came from the same little ball of dirt, you know? Now, they can jump through mental gymnastics and say, oh, this collided with this and this happened. They happened. I don't, you know, I, again, never, none of that's ever been observed. It's not really part of
2: science. Yeah. It's
1: just what they believe. So. Yeah.
2: I mean, my, my whole understanding of the Big Bang Theory is that everything comes back to one point and everything expands eventually yeah. and everything kind of comes into the existence. That's kind of my understanding of it. But um, yeah, I've never heard that before. Um, but I want I wanted to cite this source. So I know that while there are people listening who are agnostics, there are people listening who are um, evolutionists. I'm, mainly this is uh, a show that covers political topics, but we wanted to cover this because I, I think it's an important topic. I'm not a politician. No, so. you're not. <laughs> he's not related in any way to politics or my politics or whatever. No, 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 no. <laughs> I know. But um, you know, when it comes to this uh, stuff of evolution, uh, there was a book, and the book was The Anthropic Cosmological Principle. And it was a book written by Frank Tipler and John Barrow. And they list 10 steps in the evolution of Homo sapiens, each of which is so improbable that before it would have occurred by chance alone, the sun would have ceased to be a main sequence star and it would have incinerated the earth. Uh, They estimate that the evolution of the human genome and the odds of each step happening are somewhere between the odds of four to the negative 180th power to the 110,000th power and 4 to the 396th power to the 110th power. So a, lo- a lot of people will acknowledge, and I think evolutionists have to acknowledge this, that if evolution did occur, it literally would be a miracle. And I that, think evidence, evidence of the existence of God. Now is, that is to concede their point. That doesn't necessarily mean mm-hmm. that I believe that. This is the reason why they need the earth to be old.
1: So, mm-hmm. without So somehow if you add millions and millions of years the impossible becomes believable i'll give you an example if i told you a princess kissed a frog and the frog turned into a <laughs> prince you would say that's a fairy tale that yeah we know that's a fairy tale but if i to- then i told you the princess kissed the frog and came back in 500 million years whatever just named unlimited a yeah, lot yeah, yeah. of years whatever yeah and then you have a prince somewhere in the woods like yeah that's modern science now, you yeah. know. I, <laughs> yeah. So, so it, the impossible becomes almost possible to people once you give something a limited time. That's why the age of the Earth is so important to to uh, to evolutionists because they need they need millions and millions
2: and millions of years. Yeah. For it to become believable. Yeah. So. But you you would have to multiply all those like each individual step. You'd have to multiply those huge numbers by each other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's just it's it's extremely improbable to the point where I think it would be a miracle if that actually happened. Yeah. So I mean, some people have uh, asked me like if you if you somewhere were to able to prove that it was true, which I I've never you will never be able to prove evolution is true, um uh just because it's a theory and you, we can't both go back to the beginning and watch how it happened. Um, but even if somebody did prove it was true, would that um defy my belief in the existence of God? Absolutely not. So for those theistic evolutionists out there, that's probably your best bet, because some people will say, well, they're improbable. Now, granted, I think the side lends itself to creation, and I'll go into that too. When, because of Einstein's theory of of relativity, we know that matter, space, and time, right, all have to come into existence at the same point. Because if you had matter and no space, where would you put it? If you had matter and space but no time, when would you put it? So all three of these things have to come into existence, and the only way that they can come into existence is we know cause and effect. Every effect has a cause. And if the beginning of the universe is an effect, something must have caused it. So we know, therefore, that we must have either a force or a being that is spaceless, timeless, and immaterial. Yeah. Well, I can answer that. Genesis
1: 1.1. In the beginning, there's time. God created the heaven, there's space, and the earth, there's matter. Yeah. It's a trinity of trinities. You have time, past, present, future. You have space, uh, length with height. Yeah. You have matter, solid liquid gas. A yeah. trinity of trinities in one sentence, the first sentence in the Bible, time, space, and matter came into existence simultaneously. And just the fact that it's a trinity, you know, the trinity, yeah. you know, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. It's amazing. It really yeah. is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, as Genesis chapter <laughs> one for yeah <laughs> for that one. So yeah, no,
2: I I just I, I think it's amazing, but yeah, um, so many times, uh, these uh these atheists who are very militant about their faith will say things to the effect of, "Well, you Christians, you just believe in in magic. Something just came." out of nothing, And I, I would argue, well, you believe in something worse than magic. You believe that no, out of nothing came something. At least we right. have the magician. You don't have anything. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah,
1: it's a it's a different type of argument when you're talking to someone who actually just does not believe in God at all. Yeah. Um, and you also have you, to know
2: when to pick your fights. I mean, you, you can blatantly ask people and many of them will say, well, no evidence would ever convince me of the existence of God.
1: Yeah. And I would Again, I and that's just, very
2: close-minded in my opinion. Creation demands a creator.
1: You know, we have one single cell is more complex than a space shuttle, you know. Yeah. I remember like I remember in cadaver lab, our first year of med school like just looking at a at a human body, you know, or inside the human body, you know, yeah. dissecting it. It just it's it's so amazing. I remember turning my lab partner, one of my friends in in school, we're just like, dude, this is incredible. Like, can you believe people just think this came about by chance. Like, yeah, it's unbelievable how yeah. complex the body is. And that's when one of the, the true like joys and pleasures of, of studying medicine is yeah. studying the body, you know, just how amazing it is and how the human eye, it's amazing. I mean, or just the human the human brain the fact that we don't even understand so many things so many yeah. you know reasons for different pathologies and
2: the way it works and yeah. I, it's it's really incredible um, yeah the central nervous system circadian yep. rhythm yeah. um just all these different um aspects and and the second the, mi- the microscope was created and we were able to look at things on a molecular level just the absolute sheer complexity of mm-hmm. the human body and the human genome yeah.
1: so people study that and i don't know how you don't conclude there was a creator i mean we can argue about who yeah you know, what which religion if, is right a or, this, force there's, or there's all different kinds of rabbit holes that you can go down i guess but i mean to, to me, acknowledge that there yeah. was a creator is i think is pretty crucial like their creation
2: demands a creator yeah yeah it's fascinating i mean to to me um, just logically, I've always come back to the religion of Christianity because it seems like every religion says um, Jesus was a way to figure out enlightenment, and then you go to Jesus and figure out, well, Jesus says I'm the only way. So by process of elimination, if I choose Jesus by rational logic, I'm safe. <laughs> yeah. 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 But but yeah, th- uh, that's just me. But anyway, uh, so... There's another thing too that uh, I wanted to go over, and it's uh it's very interesting, which um you know people often say um things like you know you can't say that there's any explanations or evidence for anything, but I believe there's five solid arguments for creation, and one is God is the best explanation for why anything at all exists rather than nothing. God is the beginning of the universe. Um, Whatever begins to exist has a cause. The universe began to exist. Therefore, the universe has not just a cause, but a transcendent cause above, as we mentioned, material, space, and time. God is the best explanation of the fine-tuning of the universe for intelligent life. God is the best explanation for objective morals and duties in the world. And God is the explanation for the historical facts concerning uh, Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. And finally, God can be personally known and experienced. Yeah. 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 It's the best part. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the part that uh, we don't want to leave out. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's the thing. It's you know we can get lost and and that's try that's what I've as I've gotten older and you know having more of these discussions with, with people like yeah it is important to not lose sight of like the bigger picture and that's that you know Jesus died we're sinners we deserve to go to hell but Jesus died for our sins and yeah. there's forgiveness. You know, there is forgiveness for our sins so that we may go to heaven one day. And I think that's the message that is most important to share to people. It's fun to talk about science and creation, and evolution, have these debates and arguments. Yeah. It's I've always really enjoyed a good, healthy argument. Yeah, you know, me sometimes too. Sometimes I get yeah, a little carried away. But, yeah, but the, the more important thing is that, you know, we talk about what really matters, and that is like saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. You yeah. Know? Um. Unfortunately, evolution is you know i think you mentioned this earlier like it is a
2: stumbling block for a lot of people yeah to to it's a it huge really stumbling block, and and sometimes the church doesn't address it and i think yeah. the less it's addressed the more of a stumbling block it becomes yeah so yeah yeah but i i wanted i wanted to bring somebody on who like with your background uh one thing can can, can i don't know if you like we didn't script this or prepare this but like do do you know anything about the coagulation of blood as a system can you explain that to me
1: yeah. So yeah. there's different, I mean, there's different clotting factors that are yeah. activated, right? When yeah. you have a, a cut. Yeah. So let's say I, you cut your wrist right now on accident, you're, or cut your hand on accident, you're accidentally, whatever, playing in the kitchen or something with a knife. And it immediately like there are, there is a <laughs> yeah. cascade of events that happen with different, with different uh, clotting factors. And It's really actually really is a very complex process that yeah. um you, and you need previous steps for for some of the later steps to occur. First, hmm. certain factors will activate other factors and this activates that step and that activates that step. It's it's actually very interesting. It's a domino uh, effect. Yeah, it's it's very very cool. Um and so yeah, and like how how did that evolve? You know,
2: if, how how do you have a complex system with a series of events that need to happen in in a certain kind of order? It
1: would need to, it's like
2: the, the vessel of the system is fascinating. It would need to happen
1: all at once, which is ridiculous. Obviously it just came about one time for for a (laughs) random like living creature. Like, yeah. um, You know, it's like the, uh, it's people, you know, evolutionists will say that dinosaurs evolved into birds. Well, what is the intermediate? their front legs or hands, whatever would be like part feather, part, arm so they can't yeah. run and they can't fly what yeah. do they like how does how does that thing survive like what? yeah yeah it's exactly i don't know how you
2: like or or like uh anything there, there's so many things that they like i don't understand how the how they would survive like yeah. given evo- so, evolution yeah the theories. coagulation
1: of blood is, is it's a good example that's yeah.
2: just that's just one example i mean there's several mm-hmm. i mean the immune system you have the white t cells and the, the red mm-hmm. and then uh the the uh, there's there's so many things to go into, too. But um, also, too, I, I want people to understand that, you know, an, another thing that people say is um, you can't, uh, like, like, science basically accounts for everything. And that's just simply not true. There are certain truths that we hold to uh, accept that cannot be explained by science. And most people don't know this, but I, I can give five right now. Logical and mathematical truths. So logical and mathematical truths cannot be proven by science because science presupposes logic and math. So to try to prove them by science would be arguing in a circle. The second one is metaphysical truths. Like uh, there are other uh, kinds of brains other than my own and, and there and that the external world is real or that the past wasn't created five minutes ago with the false appearance of age. These are all rational beliefs that cannot be scientifically proven. Um, ethical beliefs uh, about statements of value are not accessible by the scientific method. Uh, we all know that uh, things uh, atrocities like what Stalin did or uh, what uh, the, the doctors in Nazi Germany did were absolutely undoubtedly evil. But you cannot prove evil or good by the scientific method.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, it, it's science is obviously I love science. I've yeah. always I've always loved science ever since I was a little yeah. kid. It's always my favorite subject. I majored in biology, went to med school. I I, I love science. I think it's pretty evident by what I've done yeah, in my yeah, life. Yeah. Um of course there are limits to science. Like yeah. science just means knowledge. That's all that, that's yeah. the definition of science. It is knowledge gained through observation testing, demonstrating, etc. Yeah. It's it's just it's knowledge. So you see these signs all the time it's like I believe in science. Well, what do you it doesn't require right. Right. you to believe in it or not right. to believe in it. Like it's just knowledge of what we know. So Yeah. Um there are limits to science cuz there are thir- every it doesn't matter what you believe whether yeah. you're a Christian or or what whatever religion you subscribe to or if you don't believe in God at all. There is at some point down the line you have to you have to step into some sort of faith. You have to. Yeah. You cannot if if you if you ask someone about the origins of life or the origins of the universe, eventually they're going to come to a point where they say, "Well, they believe something happened. They, nothing yeah. that was never observed. No. They believe whatever happened at the beginning. That is their belief. That's their worldview. That is where faith comes in." So.
2: Obviously, I love science, but yeah, there are limits to it. Yeah, I mean, you know, a- I, aesthetic <laughs> judges, uh, judgments as well can't be uh, assessed by a scientific method because the beautiful, like the good, cannot be proven. You can't look at something like the Grand Canyon and prove that it's beautiful through science. That mm-hmm. doesn't happen. But even as you said, the limitations of science, remarkably— Uh, Science itself cannot be justified by the scientific method. Science is permeated by unprovable assumptions. For example, in in the special theory of relativity, the entire theory hinges on the idea that the speed of light is constant in a one-way direction between any two points A and B, but that strictly cannot be proven. We simply have to assume that in order to uphold the theory. Yeah, and there's yeah. multiple, multiple different theories and theorems like that within science that we we need to uphold to be true. So I I want people to understand that there are many truths that everybody holds to be true that simply cannot be proven by science. Yeah,
1: and I think you mentioned you know certain. You mentioned like I don't know if you mentioned like right right and wrong and stuff. Yeah, and ethical. Um, and how s- do you? I mean, yeah. if you if you don't, I, I was curious like how people who Believe that we're, life's just a random accident. How do you tell right from wrong? Yeah, yeah. If you ultimately, who are you to say that that person is right and that person is wrong? It doesn't matter who. It doesn't matter who we're talking about. We can yeah. Any random people throughout history, like, yeah. who is anyone to say that anyone was right or wrong? If it's just a bunch of random events that happened that that got us here, you know. Well, you know, thus say the Lord. You know, that's pretty absolute. Yeah. You know, God very, very. Uh, he 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 outlines that very clearly in the Bible. You know what is right and wrong and. Um, I I I think like how can you tell anything is is true? Yeah.
2: if you don't subscribe to to some kind of higher power. You well, know? what is truth even right. at, at yeah. that point? Uh, I I think many people actually believe the um the systems of ethics that Christianity has put out, but they don't always give it credit. I mean. Um, it, it's fascinating because you, you asked the question of morality. I remember C.S. Lewis talking about even uh, tribes of cannibals that were savages, and they had their own system of morality, which was yeah. you have to eat the old, older people, but you can't eat the younger people. That's wrong. But, <laughs> yeah. but, and it had something to do with um, preserving their heritage and their ancestry. But when it was pointed out to these tribes that eating people at all was wrong, they abandoned that system. Hmm. They they were able to make moral judgments yeah. on right, wrong, evil, good morality. And and the problem is I, I don't think I, I don't think atheistic evolution really works uh with morality because it becomes survival of the fittest, and at the end of the day, that's that's all that matters. Yeah. Well, they say there are no absolutes. You get that a lot from from atheists. And, how do you know that's true? Well, that's it's the like, thing. <laughs> it's like,
1: well, are you absolutely sure? I yeah. mean, how could you say such a statement with such absolute confidence when there are no absolutes. It's your own, it's just a circular. Are are, are you sure?
2: Are you sure about that? Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, it's interesting. Yeah, there's, um, but, it's it's strange because uh, I feel like we live in a time where uh, debate and honest conversation and intellectual conversations about this or are, are shut down or they're they're non exclusionary. But I mean, as well as that, I just feel like the intellectual conversation about God is missing. I'll tell you this one story. I was watching a show. And um, it was like a detective show. And the most poignant, clever line that they could come up with about God was the entire conversation of, can God create a rock that's so heavy he can't lift? Therefore, he's not all powerful, which is like saying, can God arm wrestle himself? Um, if he can't beat himself, he's not all powerful, or can God exist and not exist at the same time? If not, he's all, not all powerful. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, man, this is the best that they could come up with. Well,
1: I, it's uh, yeah, it's the whole notion of where did God come from? You know? Yeah. There's certain things we we as human beings, yeah, like if if God needed a start point if God, if, if to answer any of those questions, you know, yeah. I think it's assuming a limited knowledge of God. Yes. God You're is putting outside, God a, yeah. He's outside of our own understanding of anything. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, <laughs> if we could fit God in our like three pound brain, whatever,
2: like then he wouldn't be worth worshiping, would he? Well, I mean, like, I, he's I, way I, beyond what we can. I comprehend. also think, I, mean, I also think what they're doing is they're putting God in a box. So why would, why would God violate his own nature? Because if he would be violating his own nature of the logic system that he created, would would he really be God? Would he really like could be why create these limitations and in, in these areas if you're if you're just going to violate it just to say? But uh, I, I think it's like what C.S. Lewis said. I mean, uh, nonsense is still nonsense, even when you're talking about about God. <laughs>
1: C.S. Lewis has a lot of good quotes. Yeah, I, I love he's, C.S. Lewis. He's I a mean, legend for yeah, sure.
2: Yeah. yeah, and then you know, there's there's yeah. there's there's so many different topics and aspects that we could go into. I mean, we've covered a lot today. Do you have like any any like closing topics or anything like um, concerning this? Uh, no, I, what would you say I to mean, like a young person going to either high school or college today, who's going to be bombarded by this? Yeah, stuff? I
1: mean, like, I would just say study study the evidence on your own. I mean, most people. Most people who go at this from a very unbiased point of view and i I'm sure there are a lot of people who think i'm biassed that's that's fine, whatever but we learn we learn evolution, we learn the other side very clearly in public schools, and so yeah. study study the other side, like study the evidence, see where that takes you, and most people who go on that journey from a completely unbiased standpoint end up end up believing in jesus, yeah um and so that and ultimately that's what's most important, like yeah you know any message to anyone else is it's, it's it's that, you know, we are all, we're all sinners. Yeah. We all deserve to be punished for our sin. We all, we've all made mistakes in our life. It doesn't matter who you are or how yeah. good the world may think you are. Like you have messed up. We We've all broken God's laws and that at the end of the day, like, you know, we deserve to be punished for our sins and, you know, but through Jesus Christ, there's forgiveness. And that's, that's, that's the message, I guess that, you know, if any closing message telling a young person that, and, but just in terms of like how to navigate, like, you know, growing up in the church and then being taught all this stuff that's very contrary to what you what you've been taught. Yeah. Um. Again, I would just I would just study. I would advise you to study the evidence. Like, watch yeah. debates. Watch the other side. Like, I that was that's one of the most eye opening. You know, things I I had when I was a kid just watching real debates between yeah. very educated people on both sides of the issue. Yeah. Christopher Hitchens, very smart guy. Richard yeah. Dawkins, very smart guy. They're very very smart people on the other side, and I'm and it it is. I'm very curious as to why they believe what they believe, but that's part of understanding, yeah, you know, the other side. Like you have to just you have to watch their material too. Um yeah. I mean the, So that's what I suggest people do and find and form your own conclusions, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, no, yeah.
2: I would agree with you. I mean, um, the sign of any good debater is that you're able to clearly and articulately argue for the other side. Once you understand their arguments, you're able to defend your own arguments better. I remember, like, when I was a kid in third grade, uh, I, I don't know, no, it was sixth grade. We read this book called The Giver. I don't know if you ever read mm-hmm. about it. No. no, but it was this mm-hmm. idea that we created this. Um, we created this ut- utopian society where we eliminated, um, we eliminated all disease, we eliminated all war, we eliminated all these things. And I remember our assignment at the end of the book was uh, we had to flip a coin and me, the freedom loving, like a young kid, you know, I had to defend this totalitarian system (laughs) and I, you know, I did it convincingly and I did it well. And by the end of it, I I sounded like a fifth grade Mussolini, (laughs) Uh, but you know what? I understood why um, somebody could argue for this, but it helped me to actually form my own debate uh, strategies against communistic systems and Mm -hmm. systems like that even better. And you can do the same thing with creation and evolution. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But anyway, man, um, thank you for coming on. Thank, thank you, you man. for, Appreciate thank, it. yeah, thank you for being here. Um, definitely a very uh, rich conversation, and you're welcome back anytime. Sounds good, man. Thank you very much. Appreciate All right. it. All right, guys, um, that concludes our episode for today. Um, you can follow Will on IG on, on his Twitter handle. Um, very interesting guy, and uh, thank you for tuning in. And as always, stay connected. We don't
1: care We're Corn Pop was a bad dude. The Lion, Dog, Fist, The Conservative Connection.